You're listening to The Kin Podcast, episode 12. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. Thanks for tuning in to The Kin Show, where we dive into the intersection between faith and parenthood. Today, I'm talking to Mai Carles. You might remember her from episode number six of the podcast. So six episodes ago, we talked about how motherhood can increase creativity and how to deal with being super mommy, girl boss, and all the things. Today, I'm going to update you on how Maya's been doing over the last three years, what's been going on in her business, and how she has grown as a mother, and also how she found something that's kind of like her church. Let's dive into this conversation with Maya. I'm super excited to share it with you. We go way deep, some personal stories that I didn't even know about Maya, but I think will shed a lot of light on motherhood. But also the first steps that we take to become our true selves and how that affects our parenting. Let's do it. Welcome to the podcast, Mai. It's so awesome to catch up with you. Thank you for inviting me again. <laughs> it's been three years. Since we last talked, I, I, with your permission, aired our last interview on the podcast about a month ago, and I got rave reviews. Everybody was very excited to hear the update de La Panameña. Um, <laughs> and the last time we spoke, your baby O was seven months old, and she's now, I'm assuming, three and seven months. <laughs> yes, yes, she's turning four. She's already telling me what she wants for her birthday. I'm like, you're a teenager. She wants to go to beauty salon and do her nails. I'm like, who are you? You're too young to be asking to go to the beauty salon. That's amazing. That's news to me because I have two boys. And so that is a very foreign experience for me. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so she's turning four. And so yeah. last time we spoke, you were just getting back to work, basically coming back from maternity leave. And now you've been back for, you know, three plus years. Update me. How's it going? And if you could give everybody who maybe didn't listen to our initial interview an update on like, what, what exactly do you do now? Because I also want to talk about, you know, things evolve. It's been three years. Yeah, for sure. So I'm the tiny Panamanian artist with the T-Rex heart. I, I will explain it the way that I try to explain it to Olivia. Because she gets to go to daddy's office. And she gets to see like the headquarters and she gets to see like the executive sales people and the director and people uh, picking up the phone. And she's like, oh, which means like how, what's the name of daddy's office? And she has no problem saying peace of mind. <laughs> that's what, that's what it's called. But whenever I tell her that what I do is my job and it's called my own name, like my Carles, you can see in her head, like, trying to reconcile, like, is mommy, like, for real? Because I see her in pajamas. Like, I don't know if she's, like, lying to me. <laughs> I don't know what the deal with mommy thinking that she has an office because she's at home. So what I try to explain to her is that I make a living on the Internet by being myself. And if myself means that I'm her mom then I also make a living by being her mom. If we are into the color purple and they start incorporating a ton of purple into my artwork, then that also becomes a part of who I am, 
what I promote, what I try to inspire in other creatives globally. And I've really tried to make the journey of becoming Mayi like a work of art, a work of art to put on display the the strengths, the weaknesses, the ups, the downs, and also the messy middle to inspire others to also find a path and design a life that they love. Uh, so that's my mission in the world. And I'm hoping um, to continue to do it because I really enjoy waking up in the morning and not having like a schedule. Well, it's I been can, like, like 10 today, years, right? Yeah. Like today I'm doing a portrait of Michael Jackson and that's my thing. And like okay. um, a month ago I was doing like a portrait of Freddie Mercury and it's, it's never, it's what I'm called to, to do what I, what I seek. Well, I let began, me, let me stop you right yeah. there. Yeah. Because Freddie Mercury is something that I wanted to talk about. It's something on my list. Oh, well, okay. I told you it'd be a surprise. Um, <laughs> you and I share a profound love for the man, the legend, Freddie Mercury, like yeah. a profound love. Um, I recorded a full episode on him. <laughs> Seriously. Episode four, because yeah. I love how himself he was. And sometimes you remind me of him because you are very, very, very much yourself, like you just mentioned. And you can tell when you visit, you know, Mai's Instagram or whatever, you are yourself. Are you ever afraid Thank to be? You. How does that feel? It feels alive. I wasn't always myself. Um... I came really, really close to selling my soul to people pleasing. Um, I not that long ago, actually, um, I was engaged to a very nice person that my parents really, really liked. He was a lawyer. He came from a super sweet, nice family. There wasn't a very, there wasn't a foundation of true love in it, but on paper, it seemed like, oh, they make a good couple. All the boxes were checked. Invitations for weddings, yes, all the boxes are checked. Invitations to the wedding are sent. I go to my last dress fitting and I start crying like, I'm told that I have three days to live. And I had tried to tell my parents that I was feeling, I was feeling this and I was feeling that. And the reaction that I got was, this is normal. My, it's normal to feel insecure. It's normal to feel cold feet. It's normal. So I just didn't listen to the internal calling and I waited till the very last minute to call it off. First of all, it made me feel like a terrible human being because all the signs were there and I just didn't listen. And I was, I just came so close to signing off to a life that wasn't intentional that now when I pick to be myself, everyone's like, you're my, you're so brave. My, you're so courageous. No, you know, what's, you know, what's, um, scarier to get married to someone that you don't love. 
So every day I have that vivid image or that vivid feeling of almost going on the path that wasn't my lane. And that scares me so much that I never not listen to my internal powerhouse because it knows. Yeah. <laughs> it knows better than anyone. So I, it's not, of course, I love when people are like, bye, it's so cool that you do this. I wish I had your tualentia, but it's not that. I have to give credit to the scare part. It's out of fear that I don't want to be anyone else because I almost really became like a walking, walking dead. You know, I, I have living. this theory about like the first step that you take, because I had a similar experience, not wasn't engaged or anything like that. Am I being for me? It was the opposite where I chose to be with somebody that everyone did not want me to be with. In this case, both are relationships, uh, relationship based steps. But I have this theory where um, the first step that you take on your own for yourself against what other people want for you or you expect them to want for you, you think they want for you it really sets you on to this other path of like, now there's no going back. Now mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of anything because I did the worst thing, you know? I went through the worst of the worst. Yes. Sharing a little bit of myself on Instagram or on a podcast, not that scary compared to that other thing that I already let so many people down with and went through some real trauma for. And then it's just your muscles become so much stronger for uh being yourself so it's when you you're right yeah that that first step is you know I've had many books where like I try to write it and I'm like I can't tell the story and then I try and I'm like I can't tell the story (laughs) because it's too raw it's too for real you know but that first Mm -hmm. step really is um a lot of people never take it a lot of people never take that first step but once you take it they're going back so yeah a little Freddie Mercury in you my friend What's worse than telling your dad, like, your golf partner, he's gone, (laughs) like, no more. Or my mom, he's a lawyer at my mom's firm, is like, I'm so sorry. I, this is how more, like, after breaking that news, I can't disappoint my parents more than that. And I never disappointed them. It was in my head. Of course. It's the idea of, they are not going to love me as much. Of course they love me. They're my parents. They pick me over anyone else. Um, but it's the thought of. And now can you imagine baby O going through something similar? You'll be like, baby, do whatever you want. It could yes. be two minutes before. I just yeah. want the best for you. Like, but yeah. there's no real way to understand unconditional love until you have it, until you feel it. No, yeah. it's so frustrating because you want to explain it to people, but it's, it's hard to feel it until you have well, for me, a lot of other people who are more Zen and more wonderful may have felt unconditional love for other human beings before they had children. For me, I learned it through parenting. That was just my way. Mm-hmm. Now I understand so much more tangibly, so practically that I would do anything for this child. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like that, you. Yeah, it's, I it's was, tough. I was the girl that when traveling, I'm like, 
please don't have that kid sit right next to me. Please don't have that kid written that right next to me. And now I'm like, oh my God, traveling with kids. I make granolas for everyone around me. It's like, sorry in advance. Sorry in advance. I made like traveling party favors for traveling companions. You're amazing. I used to hate traveling with kids. Well, baby, it was getting to an age though, where it's probably getting a lot easier. Like the three, getting to four is amazing. She behaves better than I behave. I'm like the el burrito de trek. I'm like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? She's like eating her blueberries and gummy airplanes, bears. Movies. Uh, airplanes. Airplanes. <laughs> That's not all the movies I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm curious to hear how over the last three years, when we, when we talked last time, you were just getting back from maternity leave and you were, you know... You said you had written something very powerful that uh, drew me to... That's actually the reason why I first reached out to you through a friend in common, Steffi, who's always uh, said that she's too scared to be on the podcast. One day I will get her. Um, You had written a blog post that said that you want to you know, work like you don't have kids, but you want to be a mom like you don't have to work. I'm paraphrasing, right? How has that played out over the last few years? Now, now there's a bigger feeling of, I want to show passion. Like for me, it's so important to show, not tell. And I want to give Olivia a glimpse of working something that you love, even picking her school. It was, it's always based on where will she be the happiest? Where can she pursue whichever her gifts are? Because now I'm working to give you like a tangible example. Now I'm working on set designs for the company I used to dance. So I came close to being a dancer, but then I had this why. Uh, I had to make a decision. Like, do I want to specialize in painting? Do I want to specialize in dancing? And I went with the the painting part of it but dance has always been in my heart and now I've been able to consolidate both both worlds a little bit because I get to go back to the theater not as a dancer but as I get to work with them I get to do stage but also know the choreography to know where the stage needs to be so the movement can look the best it can and it's 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 amazing and I get to bring her along for the ride so she gets to come with me she gets to measure things she gets to pull out her big crayola brush and she gets to play with me a little bit and know that world that I love and now it's the time where I can put her into dance class and I get to ask her do you want to be in dance class and she says yes now I don't know if she says yes because she thinks mommy likes it So I need to be really, really careful. You know what I'm saying? I need to be very, very careful to make sure that she's picking what she's picking based on what she loves versus what she knows mommy is going to be super excited about. So right now I've moved a little bit out of the tension of I want to work like I don't have a kid and I want to have a kid like I don't have a work. Now I've already like I have a kid. (laughs) It's what it is. Like I've had three years to to kind of let that sink in. Now the identity of a mom feels tattooed in my heart. 
and I'm owning it. Now I'm in the pursuit of how do I show this child, not tell her, how do I show her that she can be whoever the heck she wants? This was yesterday in the car. I get to see her in the rear view mirror and I'm like, I love you. And she's like, mommy, you're so different. But she said it not, she didn't say it in a condescending way. She said it like as a compliment. Mama, you're so different. You're loquita. Loquita means a little bit crazy. And I'm like, yeah. And I had like a second to think how this could go. It's like, do I tell her not to say that? Or how do I take this conversation? And I'm like, yes, you got it. I am different. I'm different from all the other mommies, am I? She's like, yes. It's like, you don't have to be like your friends either. If you want to dress in in the color that you want, you can dress the color that you want. If you don't, if you want to eat avocados and your friends don't like avocados, you can eat avocados. If you like swimming better than dancing, you can take swimming. So I, I try to have these conversations whenever I feel that she's paying attention. So that's the, that's my top priority right now. Like how do I express passion you know, to my kid? It's interesting that one of the, my, my eldest child, Juan Jose, he's four and a half. And one of his favorite times is when I'll say to him, most nights, I don't remember every night, but most nights, I'll explain to him, like, I love you no matter what you say or what you do. And then I like, I'll give him examples. If you like soccer, I love you. If you like baseball, I love you. If you don't want to play a sport, I love you. If you oh. are nice to your friends, I'll love you. If you're mean to your friends, I'll love you. That's not nice. And I explain, like, don't do yeah. that, but I'll still love you. And so that he concretely will understand that my love isn't based on his behavior and his choices. Mm-hmm. That might affect, like, how proud I am if you're really mean and bullying a kid. Like, we're going to have to have a conversation, but I'll still love mm-hmm. you because, like, let's be honest, if my kid ends up a heroin addict, I'm still going to love him. And it's going to be incredibly painful, but the love is just unconditional. And so every time we talk about it, he'll look at me and he'll just say, thank you, mom. And he just looks at me with this mm-hmm. face of, like, he gets it. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes he'll stop what he's doing. He'll just turn to me to like, listen, like he loves it. It's like I am bathing him with love and he really understands. And that for me is, it's really important that he knows that what, and and with the schools that you mentioned, you don't even know the crisis that I'm having with the schools because it's so hard to make decisions for our children where we can't tell what's going to happen in the future, but it's not going to affect us. It's going to affect them. You know, and it's Mm -hmm. so much responsibility. I have like my hands in my hair right now because you don't even know. Like right now we are in the thick of it because we have this um, situation where Juan Jose is, you know, the youngest is with class and everyone says hold him back, but he's academically very advanced. He can read and he can write. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I think I know what's best for my kid. And, And there's all these, you know. Yeah. A, B, and C scenarios, but it's really hard. It is really hard. And I read this article a while ago that said, you know, let your kids see you work as a mom. You know, whether or not that's you put on Peppa Pig for an hour while you're on the laptop, let them see you work because it's good for them. 
to see that's why that, I bring her on yeah. board not because there because you know we live in Latin America there's the possibility of help I leaving them behind all the time leaving them behind there's a concept of the nanny that's very common and there's also the grandparents we live close to family and I can always call my mom I can always call my mother-in-law they're fantastic grandmothers even my sister she is the um, godmother and I know she has hands are we have plenty of hands but for me it's so important even though it might be it might take me longer to do the groceries or it might take me longer to do a painting or the meeting might be more chaotic when I bring her along but for her to see how mommy is working the concept of, I talked about passion, but also the concept of possibility. A job does not have to look like a suit and tie, people answering phones. A job can also look like today mommy is wearing mascara and she has fake eyelashes and a film guy is in our house filming videos. And the next day it could be like sweatpants, paint all over the house, and we're eating sandwiches because there's no time to make like salmon with asparagus you know I I want to show her what it's like to be both a very invested mom but also a very successful girl boss yeah the super mommy versus girl boss thing we talked about that last time and it's uh it's it's interesting that kids I mean it's so hard to know what's my thing with help right because I grew up in the US until I was 12 years old. My mom was at home with us while my father worked. Um, my mom was super mom, right? Like super mom. And she was, she was always there for me. She's my rock and she is my model. Like if I can just be like one tenth of my mom, I'm a success. You know, I will consider myself a success because she was always there for us. Um, the unconditional love, it ran deep, you know? And, she, and we knew it. And that was our base. But, you know, when we move here and I'm raising my kids here and there's help, it's really hard to not feel the pull of it'll be easier. Like you said, the grocery is this and that. And people find it strange. Like when I'll take my kid to the grocery store and he's like, broccoli, broccoli and whatever. And I'm showing him how to count the broccoli and whatever. People will look at me with this face of like, that's so adorable because they don't see it. You know, and the way that I try to approach having help is one, like human monitor. Like a lot of the times I can go to, to lunch with my husband and my elder child, Juan Jose, who's four and a half. I can go to lunch on a Sunday while Nicolas is sleeping for three hours, his nap, because he needs to sleep. And when we get back, he hasn't even woken up. He had no idea we left. And we had a really nice lunch. <laughs> um, yeah. So the human monitor is a wonderful tool. But yeah. also I try to see it as because I have help, I don't have to feel so exasperated all the time by like the so many things that need to be done so I can be a better mom. I can be more patient. I can be more enthusiastic about what they want to talk about. I have more mental space to talk with them, teach them and whatever, because I'm not worried about other things that a lot of people do have to worry about. You know, um, yeah. I try to approach it from that, from that angle though. It's, it's really hard to merge. It's really hard. I mean, motherhood is hard. Parenting is hard, right? But 
um, it's it's a never-ending process of just trying to do our best. And I I always think like you know there's going to be something that I mess up. And my therapist always tells me, el amor tapa muchas cosas. Love will cover up so many mistakes. And she's like, you know, your mom is a perfect example. You never say anything negative about your mom. And I'm like, never. She's amazing. <laughs> she's like, well, she's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. I'm sure she made a ton of mistakes, but she loved you so much. And she gave you boundaries. Boundaries plus unconditional love. You don't even see them. You didn't, it didn't affect you because her love covered up the holes. And I'm like, I hope I can do that for my kids. But, um, it's, it's so, so beautiful. It, I want to meet your mom now. <laughs> she's amazing. She's amazing. Um, so I wanted to ask you about, and I've seen a little bit of a transition on your Instagram and stuff like that to kind of like meeting people in person. You have a mastermind. I've seen photos of groups getting together in person. You're in mm -hmm. Panama. You write and speak to people from all over the world. How does that work? And what's the driving force behind more FaceTime? Well, when I, I don't know if I've told you the story, but I began, and that's why I, I, I love Nicaragua, because I used to coordinate seminars for, Central, for a Central American Leadership Initiative. And um, twice a year, I got to go to the Incae in, in Nicaragua, also to the Incae in Costa Rica, and well, I got to sit in tables with like the top CEOs and important people of the region. And um, I really got to see what it's like to pick up a phone and have like problems solved. But then when I quit my, when I quit, because I wanted to give art a chance, I'm like, I want to avoid people at all costs. Like, I don't want to go to an office. I don't want to fake smile. I don't want to small talk. Like, what's the job that requires me to see the least amount of people and that I can just hibernate in my creative cave and I can do my own thing? Um, okay, yes, I'm going to have a home office. I started a blog and I really thought this was it. Like I made it. This is the business model of business models. Now, of course, back in the day, at least in Panama, no one had a blog. I was the crazy girl filming herself in her, in the extra studio in the house, uh, filming videos, posting them on Vimeo, YouTube, talking to herself with a little red button in front. Uh, I was doing the online courses. I was doing the printables that people like, what? You can like pay, press a PayPal button and people from all over the world give you money. Now that concept is like, everyone's doing it. And now I'm like, people, like I want to see people. And not, it's not like I want to see people. Is that I've reached a point where I need to vent. Like I, I want to, even motherhood, like I want to talk to other moms. I'm going to drink wine with other moms. I want to Here we talk are. about the heart. I know <laughs> I want to talk about the messy middle because I, I told you, I used to travel and I'm like, is that kid sitting right next to me? I was a judgmental person. But judgment comes when you haven't lived through it and you're just pointing fingers. Now I'm like, okay, this is hard. This is, yes, I want to pursue my passion, but... I also want to cuddle, like, how do I, 
my kid is starting school and this should be like such a happy moment. But I'm like, she's not going to come home in time for lunch. Like I want to be able to have these conversations. I even want to have the tough conversations of like growing up of things that are coming up for me, like things that my mom did that now I want to ask myself, do I want to be that mom or do I want to do those things differently? I adore my mom. She did a great job, but do I want to be an extension of my mom or do I pick? And these things that are very tough and loaded and emotionally dense conversations, I want to have them in a tight, intimate circle of other women that are also powerful entrepreneurs, but they have little humans at home that are dictators <laughs> that also are pulling their hair out and, and things like that. So I'm craving the human contact because you can't talk about certain topics online. Like you can't talk in a room full of 300 people on like a crowdcast call or on a webinar or on a chat about potty like, training. <laughs> yeah, potty training. Yeah, or, it's hard, you know, because there's so much criticism online. And I, mm-hmm. and I feel for like all these moms who are like, you know, have you know, I don't know, 100,000 followers or whatever and they like post a photo and the kids in the car seat and then they just get a hundred million messages like that's not the way you put in the car seat. Like they're the armrest should be blah blah blah. And I'm like, yo, yo, <laughs> yeah, just leave them alone. Like, just it's just don't go further than the, your kid is cute. Like that's mm-hmm. it, you know. And it, it's happened to me even with one of at the time was one of my close friends. And I'm gonna say at the time for a reason because I was pregnant with Juan Jose and. I posted something, this was, you know, back, sorry, my Apple Watch. Um, you know, I hate this thing. I'm not going to lie. Like, I hate it always notifying me of things. I don't even know why I wear it. Um, but some notifications are really cool. I don't know if you noticed that I, mm-hmm. I had a little notification that sounded like a vintage catch register. So while I'm talking to you, I made a sale. Isn't that cool? <laughs> That's awesome. And so uh, I'm talking to you and I'm like, you know, this is And you're making money, girl. I like it. And I'm, and I'm making money and we're talking about the intimate stuff of putty training and how you should put your kid in the car in the car seat. Like, that is the business model that I want. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you. Well, so I went to have sushi with my brother. I remember his mm-hmm. wife and my husband. And I, like, from this ex-friend, got this super judgmental comment on my Facebook. Like, it was like a four-square, back when four-square was a thing, like mm-hmm. a four-square check-in. It's like, you know, you can't have sushi when you're pregnant, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yo. What? I didn't have sushi, first of all. But I can go to a sushi place. Like, it's not like you walk into a sushi restaurant and you're going to contract yeah. all kinds of things. Like, come on. People need to live and let live. You know, it's yeah. hard. So I wake up in the, I love when I wake up in the morning and I open my WhatsApp and after, you know, two hours of getting the kids where they need to go, you know, it's like, blah, 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 eat your fruits, put on your shoes. Blah, 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 blah. And then, then at 8 a.m. there's a, shh, there's a calm. And I open my phone and I have me, like voice notes from my best friends. Good morning. So today, and then they'll tell me what's going on with them and what's going on with their children and what, what are they worried about today and the school but it's a very close knit group of friends where Mm -hmm. we can, and we feel so they love me for my heart, not for my behavior, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I know that they're not judging me. I can share the most ridiculous fears. And they're like, that happened to me too. I felt the same thing, girl. Don't worry. Don't even worry about it. You know, and I don't feel judged and that's really hard to come by. But for me, all of these friends don't live in Nicaragua. They all live all over the world because there's a brain drain in Latin American countries and everybody leaves. So, um, but just mm-hmm. to now have the ability to connect with people um, and have these intimate conversations is so healing. Yes, I'm craving that human contact a lot. Is um, that influencing your business model? It is, it is. I've even had to make... I even had to call some of my retail shops. They're like, what are you making this year? I'm like, no, no products. I'm focused on meeting my, my, I'm, I want my clients to be family. Like I've had these ladies that since 10 years ago, they've been buying everything that I put out there, the notepad, the rain boots, the unicorn stuffed animal, the everything. I want to meet this woman in person. I want to know what the name of their dog. I want to know what gets them what keeps them up at night. I want to like, I want to know, really get to know them. So this year I'm not focused on, you know, like what keychain can I do? Now that that's not important. It's like, I did that part now. And you talked about your transition to being more spiritual. And I think something happens. I don't know if with age or I, I don't know what it is. Um, with food, <laughs> maybe it's the lack of carbohydrates that's making me delusional, <laughs> but I'm really, this is not a business strategy because it doesn't make any business strategy sense. Like monetarily, it's not the wisest move, but it's what feels right. Um, you think it's maybe... I mean, and I'm, I'm guessing here, but do you think having a child had anything to do with it? Yes, because it's the one job that I can't excel at. I, I don't get a medal for being a mom. Like for dance, I, I knew when I got to the top of it. Like I knew when I was the best, even as a blogger or even as like, I know when I reach my goal, but with being a mom, there's this, it's never, I never know when I can check off the box of you're excellent. So I really need the evolution with other moms. This is a climb to a metaphorical Mount Everest that I'm never going to reach. So I better make the journey much more pleasant. Like it cannot be a solo climb. I want to come, I wanted it to be a picnic with other people that I want to hang out with. I also find that sometimes it's easier to care about others now. And that makes me feel like my pre-child self was a horrible person, but, and I wasn't. (laughs) I think I was a horrible person before. (laughs) But it it makes you care more, (laughs) you know, it's like you understand the nuances of like, I don't know. It's interesting. I care more about others because of how much I care about my kids. Is that weird? No, I, I feel the same way. I think that's why the spirituality thing, I want to say, happened to me. Because when I had kids, I and, and this is getting maybe a little deep, but I kind of understood like that's how, I mean, people can say higher power or call it whatever you want. For me, the word is God. This is how God feels about me. Can you imagine if I love my kid this much? If something loves me, even at like a fraction of that, that's awesome, you know? And 
I just started understanding more tangibly, you know, what unconditional love is. And also the beauty and sacrifice, you know, like when you're growing up, you think like sacrificio, like sacrifice, that sucks. Like I don't, I want everything and I want it now and I don't want to have to give up anything. And, you know, I am, everything is me, 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 me. But when you start, you know, going through the whole parenting process and very quickly you have to give up a lot of things, um, sleep being the major one that affected me, you see the fruits of it, you know, you see the fruits of sacrifice and, and how actually it's not just like, oh, now it's easier now he or she sleeps or now, you know, it's, it's a more pleasant to travel with them on an airplane, but it's also, there's a beauty and giving of yourself for the other and just intrinsically, just the giving is beautiful. Does that make sense? Before, that didn't make zero sense to me. I was like, I just want to do whatever I want. And now I can't. And now I actually like it. Like, what? Doesn't make sense. It, it makes total sense. But can I make a super embarrassing confession? Do it. I bought myself a chocolate chip cookie and I ate it in the car so I didn't have to share it. Ah, you a terrible human being. <laughs> Girl, I've done, I think I've done worse. I've been I'm like, like, I'm going to stay in the car. So I finished my cookie because if I get to the house with this cookie, I'm going to have to split it in a perfect half and I'm not ready to make that sort of sacrifice. I think I've been like, this donut <laughs> fell on the floor. You can't eat it. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't even feel bad about that. Mm -mm. We still got to keep some things to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I, and and when, what about when I tell my child, I'm like, it's bedtime and I'm like, I'm going to be right back. Okay. I'm just going to go put on my pajamas and I'll be right back. And he's like, okay, yeah, right. Peace out. <laughs> and sometimes I'll even tell him like, don't fall asleep. Okay. You'll wait for me. And he's like, I'll wait for you. And I'm like, yeah, all right. See you later, bud. See you tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, there's, you know, there's still lots of humanity. And I, and I think that that, that humanity is what's fun. You know, we, we got to have yeah. a sense of humor about all this Yes. Poop happening all the time <laughs> and the yes, snot I and agree. The, the snot and everywhere the moms that i want to climb with i like i don't want to climb with the other moms that are judging how i'm putting the car seat I'm, i i want to hang out with the moms like the, the ones that like it, don't fall asleep <laughs> i'm coming and then they don't shut up they're my moms <laughs> yeah yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, it's hard to keep that balance. You know, sometimes like if I just go a week without staying connected to some of my friends who I can be really honest with and I can really share how I'm actually feeling and what's happening, there's a, there can be a deep sense of loneliness to motherhood as yeah. well. And, mm -hmm. and, and of course, you know, you have a life partner, but there's something about the mental load of motherhood that is unique. Mm -hmm. It's unique to females. <laughs> um, we are so good at the men, at the motherhood Tetris. There's just things that are always coming at you and, and we know where to place the little pieces, you know, like I can see a mile away. If he's going down the stairs, we have five minutes to get to school. He needs to drink his antibiotic. How do we, but I can put all the puzzle pieces together so seamlessly. <laughs> Maybe it's cause I have more practice at it, but there's a mental load of motherhood that's unique and I need other moms. You know yeah. what I mean? And when I don't have that, it can get, it can get real lonely. What, what kind of I like agree. habits, are there any kind of routines or habits that you have in place to kind of stay your best my self? Yes. Dance. 
it continues to be one of my things. I enrolled myself in dance class as an adult. I never thought that could even be a thing, but I go three times a week and I tell my husband that I'm going to work out, but it's really my therapy. Like that's my therapy. That's my church. I go to church three times a week and it's dance. It's my moment to meditate because it's so hard on my body. Hard in the, it's so much cardio that I can't think about the grocery list or I can't think about, oh, what it do forces I, I can't you worry. into the present moment. So, yes, it's, it's present, present. Um, and I really feel like all of the endorphins are coming into my body and I have so much more to give when I'm taking care of. I've taken care of myself in that way. There's also something about looking at yourself in the mirror that that's not about vanity. It's about like sanity. It's like touching base of like, this is who I am. I love myself the way that I am and just connecting with myself that way. And the body image, the self love, because to be able to put yourself out there into the world, people ask me, how do you film those? How do you expose your, it's like, first I expose myself to me. That's the scariest part because I'm the biggest judge, judge, judger. Is that a word? I'm, a, I'm the biggest judge of myself. If I look at myself in a dance, through a dance class, and I've survived that, I can do whatever. I can do anything. If I've survived looking at myself, looking at my cellulite, putting the stretchy pants and and be confident in the first row of a dance class, I, you bet your butt that I can launch any program that I can invite girls to my house to talk about life is messy. And I can put my girl in the, in the bus to go to school at 6am. Like I can do anything. Now I have to say, I am loving your short hair. I'm talking about body image and all the things. It is the cutest. I had short hair for a long time and I'm trying to grow it out to see if I like it. And every single day I'm like, I'm going to chop it. I'm going to chop it. <laughs> and yeah, your, and your Instagram is like the number one thing that when you post something, I'm like, I'm going, I'm going to go cut it right now. I'm gonna go cut it. <laughs> Thank but I'm going to hold on until I can really see if I like this or don't. And I don't. Um, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, I, I find it's really hard to there's one thing about audio. Like I am so comfortable with audio. Like I'm doing this. I've been doing podcasting for four years on and off and I feel super comfortable, but put a video camera in front of me and I'm like, mm, not, not ready yet. Not ready yet. But you feel, you know, super comfortable in front of the camera. Like I said, like very Ferdy Mercury, you are yourself. Um, when, when you first started that, like, how was that? How did, how did that come about? It wasn't even my idea. I I began the blog. Writing was never my thing either. In fact, this is funny. The reason why when we started this before you hit record, the call got um, closed. It's because I want to get a diagnosis to see if I have a degree of dyslexia. Like I'm reading this book about like the child and brain and neurological pathways. And I, I think I have like a language impediment that was never diagnosed. Like growing up, I, it took me three hours to do a homework that my girlfriends did in half an hour. 
um, writing, reading a book, even these days, I'm like, how am I going to read Harry Potter to Olivia? Like even the really basic books, like uh, the one that's called Olivia, or I have a ton of books that I adore. I stumble upon certain words and I'm like, writing is not my thing. It's just taking me so long to do a single blog post. And I was talking to uh, one of my cousins he was going to Stanford at the time. He's such so smart, and he was, you know, merged in this startup culture. And he's like, "Why don't you try like YouTube?" <laughs> it was like very popular back then. Um, I think people are growing out of the YouTube thing, but back back then, like you, there's people that made their fortune through YouTube. And the video, it's just grab your phone, flip it, and start filming yourself. Let's see. You don't know. And I made these like 17 minute long video. I don't know, even know what I was saying, but it really connected with people. Maybe it was my opportunity to show the accent and just put together an online persona that people could connect to. And I think it was easier for me to get ahead by showing more of me because I have different traits from my competition. So through video, it was easier to communicate my, my, my unique proposition than if it was if I was just writing. So I understood from very early on that video was a format that I excelled in. And even though I've like the podcast, it's something that I've always been curious, like how would I, it would be so fun. I just stick to what I, I, I stick to the format that I feel is the medium. It's like my stage. Yeah. I get um, you. So yeah. Have you ever invited Olivia into your videos? She's made some, yeah, she's made some like B-rolls, some B-roll appearances. Not, not that much lately because now she has a voice of her own and now I ask her permission. Even when I post something like a video, like, can I, can mommy share this? Can mommy take a picture? And sometimes she says yes. And sometimes she says no. So I want to be very... I don't know if respectful is the word, but now I'm much more conscious that my blog and my social media channels are my story. They're my platforms of communication to share the Mai story. Olivia is part of my story, but I can't tell her story because I got to leave the gaps so when she grows up, she makes a decision of how to fill those blanks with her part of the story. So I want to be careful. I, I want to, of course, I, wanna, I love for her. I want to, like, I want to share everything. <clears throat> but I really have to, I've started editing myself so much. Not because I don't want to share and not because I don't think there's something useful in sharing some of those stories, but because I, I always ask myself, will is this something that Olivia would like me to share if she sees this when she's like 12 mm-hmm. or 15 or 19 and of course I'm going to screw up of course there's things that 
I'm going to overstep boundaries and I hope that there is a really good therapist, a family therapist that helps us through that because that this has not, this phenomenon of the online has never happened. Our kids would be the first kids that are going to live being famous is not the word, but I'm just going to use it. Exposed. They were known exposed before having like their own cell phone. Because I go to a grocery store and people are like, oh, yeah, like, how do I know it? So, of course, it's my fault. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm screwed. Um, you know what happens to me, face- too? People will come up to me and be like, and these, these are people that I know, but they'll be like, you mm-hmm. know, your story is the first one that I open on Instagram because your kids are hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I've always been like, oh, thanks. Because I, I like to show like, oh, my God, look, they're, it's not just like they're so cute, but like they're also really funny. Like Nicolas will sing, we will rock you, and we are the champions, even though he can't really speak. And I, I just I just die with love. But, you know, it's, it's hard to choose like share this with close so friends. Not with everybody, just close so friends. <laughs> okay, so. No, and I think we also have a sense of responsibility to... Mm-hmm. To not, because we, so the the way that we were raised, it's like you lavas los platos rotos en casa. Like you clean up your metaphorical dishes at home. And I think that's a total BS. That attitude that you get to hide everything that's not perfectly neat and you get to tuck everything that's messy under the rug. <clears throat> the reason why I share all that I share it's precisely to show people that life is not perfect, that life is chaotic. My girl's recent my little tiny dictator started using orthopedic boots a little bit ago. And I, and, and, and you know how many moms might be going through something that they find super difficult? Like, how do I, like my kid loves shoes. That's what she asked me for her birthday. Payless is her favorite place in the galaxy. Not a toy store, not iPad, not, she can go into a toy store. She can play with the toys. And then I'm like, okay, time to leave. And she's like, okay, bye. She doesn't ask for anything. We step or we just walk across a really like tacky type of shoe store that has like lentejuela sequins and delights and things that and that's her thing that's her thing so when we got the diagnosis of orthopedic boots i cried i'm like how am i gonna survive this i was talking to my husband how are we gonna survive how am i gonna tell olivia she loves shoes everyone's gonna make fun of her in school like it was i made it about me (laughs) i made it about my drama and my problem and my insecurities and how I wanted to protect her from anyone that could. And he's like, you know what? We're going to start wearing boots. And you know what? We're going to make a story around this. We're going to grab all of her shoes. One day she's going to come home. All the shoes are going to be gone. And we're going to replace the shoes with like little like coloring books and little other things that a fairy godmother brought to her and then we're gonna grab the boots and we're gonna bowling them we're gonna bedazzle the heck out of this orthopedic boots they're not even gonna look like her in fact it's gonna sit be a trend all of her friends are now gonna want to wear orthopedic boots because it's gonna be so she's gonna rock them and it's so funny because 
he made me switch the channel from victimization and drama to let's just assume this, let's do this parenting thing. Let's do it fun. Let's, and when I'm sharing what I'm sharing, it's because it doesn't come natural to me. I, it, my place to go, it's, is drama and victimization. It's, it's a mess. It's, a care. it's poetic, but David is very practical and he is very creative. <laughs> like I take all the credit for being the artist, but he is the, really the magician of the house. And he comes up with these creative solutions to parenting. But how can I not share this to the world? Because I know someone somewhere is struggling with their equivalent of an orthopedic boot. And if in some way I can inspire them through creativity or art or bedazzling techniques to make it a little less um, hard, I, I want to be that. I want to be that person. Well, there's a, there's a balance between serving others, right? Without yeah. doing a disservice to our own. And that's, yeah. that's part of the reason why I decided to do this whole kin thing where I share all of these personal things because a lot of people can learn from it. And I feel like there's so much preventable suffering out there, whether it's orthopedic <laughs> yeah. boots or, you know, we, parents yeah. make, we, we, we take things to heart. And like you said, like maybe if somebody had shared with you before about bedazzling mm -hmm. and, and, um, a problem, <laughs> then it could have helped you. I wish my doctor had told me about post weaning depression. So I could have saved mm -hmm. myself two months of what's going on with me. What's wrong with me. You know, I feel like sharing is it's Liberating. so worth it. Yeah. Yes. You know that the reason why I figured out it was post weaning depression was because I had read a blog post five years earlier about the same thing. And I finally remembered and I went through my journals And I, I was like, oh, breastfeeding. Oh, remember that post? I went back and read it and I was like, click, 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 click. If not, I just thought, what's wrong with me? My kids are wonderful. Everything's normal. Why am I feeling this way? So yeah, I feel you. I mean, being a service, being in service to others can also be so, it's liberating and it's fulfilling in a way that fulfilling ourselves just like, you know, through buying a new handbag or going shopping or drinking or whatever. It's just, it's not the same. That high of helping mm -hmm. somebody else is just, it's always going to be greater than just serving ourselves, you know? Yeah. And it's for a selfish reason. Like I share it in the hopes that it's inspiring others, but it, it ultimately it's because it makes me feel good. <laughs> it makes me feel super good to know that another mom or another parent or another someone somewhere that thing that I, I said helped them like it's a it's a double win yeah but I I really my of course I love to help people but it's because it makes me feel so good it, there's an adrenaline it's like I love giving presents more than receiving presents and it's because I love to see people's faces of like what I bought It, it's I don't know how to how to explain it, but it's it makes me feel useful and it makes me feel like I have a purpose mm -hmm. or this legacy. You know, the word legacy that they're they're at a certain age. We start thinking about these things like what am I leaving behind? Do I matter? And when I am checking those boxes off of like. Yes, this resonated with this person. Yes, this connected with this. Yes, then I feel like what I'm doing is worth 
I think for, to pursue. for whatever reason you're doing it, I mean, keep on doing it because yeah, make the good times keep rolling, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. okay, I want to ask you a rapid fire round of questions. I don't know mm-hmm. how you're going to feel about the last one, but, um, but we're going to ask you to share one thing about Baby O. Okay, so okay. rapid fire round. Tell me about the book you're currently reading. Um, girl, wash your face. And the dyslexia one? That's the brainchild, but I haven't, Mm -hmm. I got to like the introduction and I'm like, I I need to get a diagnosis before even diving further into this book. Because Olivia has, she went to the phono, she had delayed speech. Okay. And when she got the diagnosis, I'm like, she doesn't have dyslexia, by the way, but I'm like, this is me. Yes, I had the same problem. I Now I need to go investigate this further. So it's just out of curiosity that I want to just take that out of the table. Got you. Um, but I'll let you know. Right. <laughs> it's okay. Fun. A recent dream? Um, fighting with my mom. Deep About motherhood, yeah. <laughs> that okay, that's extra recurring, deep. That's a recurring dream that I have. That I'm fighting with my mom. I hate it, it's the worst nightmare in the world. But I think that I think in my dreams is where I'm. I'm venting about where the things that I'm deciding as a mom that go that are a little bit different to the way that she did things. Gotcha. And in the dream, I feel more comfortable saying what I want to say than in person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Again. Yeah. Deep. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I went there. No, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think everybody has that kind of thing going on. Um, very rare when everybody lines up on all parenting decisions, you know? All right. <laughs> A project you're excited about? Um, Austin. I'm going to Austin to meet my clients in person and I can't wait. We're, we're renting this huge Valley inspired villa in Austin and we're having like a private chef and there's this 50 fit pool and we're buying like inflatable floaties and we're just gonna, it's like I'm vacationing with my, with my online family. That's That's happening in September. I'm so excited. That is so exciting. All right. Something you're worried about? I'm worried about um, too many extracurricular activities for Olivia. <laughs> mm. Like, is this too much? How many? How, how, how am I? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, it's that thin line of how do I get her super inspired so she's not in a computer or she doesn't want to watch YouTube videos. But at the same time, like, I want her to get bored. So I'm trying to juggle like how much is too much. Gotcha. And the cutest thing she's done lately? Um, the cutest thing she's done. Oh my god. It's <laughs> hard. I can't. It's super hard. Um, the cutest this morning. She ate breakfast and then she we go downstairs to get the bus and she's like, Mom, breakfast. I'm like, you just had breakfast. She's like, but I'm I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm more hungry, she said. <laughs> like I want um yogurt with because the thing she asked is also hilarious. Like, I want yogurt with chispita de chocolate, which is a lie because it's really chia seeds, but I've told mm-hmm. her that it's 
um, chocolate sprinkles. Yeah. She's like, I want yogurt with chocolate sprinkles. I'm like, if only you knew those are chia seeds, baby. Does that really mean that you, what you want is to go back upstairs and sit with you again? No, I think she was genuinely hungry. Yes. It, her, her, the way through her heart is through her stomach. Interesting. She is a great, uh, she has a great, uh, how do you say that in English? You, she, she has a good appetite a or she'll try. Yeah, she has a good appetite. Yeah. <laughs> That's my second child. My first one is like the most American child in the world, like um, chicken nuggets and pasta and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And he could he could survive off waffles, chicken nuggets and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the rest of his life. My second child is like broccoli. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I didn't do anything differently, honestly. Um, they're just wired that way. So yes, uh, they I are agree. an adventure. Are, are they not? Yes, they are. Well, yeah, I wanted to thank you for being on the show and for sharing all of this amazing stuff. Um, it's definitely, you know, I, I walked into this interview kind of like I want to update from, you know, three years ago and see how Mai's doing on, you know, all the things that we talked about. But I think we went into so many new areas that were completely surpassed my expectations for the call. And I hope that it's not three mm. years till the next one. No, if you're inviting me back, it means that we're doing something good. So let's keep it. Let's keep it going. You never know. Maybe there'll be a my podcast by then. <laughs> or my, maybe there's this merge between like the video. Because you never know. You never know. Now there could I be could like be brave. a podcast. I could, I could practice. I could practice. <laughs> Was that question that you asked about Olivia the embarrassing one, the the cutest thing she's done? Because I was waiting for this like super embarrassing one. I'm like, yeah, because you know you said you got to edit her stories, and I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was getting sweaty. I was getting sweaty, and that was good. <laughs> no. I can do. I can do the the cute. You can, I can do, do the, the cute. cute stuff. Okay. What if I ask you like, what's the worst thing she's done lately? Are there are you like, I'm gonna edit. <laughs> No, 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 no. I think, I think it worse, the word worst itself is so relative. I think it would be that story that I shared that she was in the car saying, mommy, you're so different from the other moms. Like you're mm -hmm. Loquita. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't consider that worse. I would just say like for someone that could have been like, what the hell does my kid, why is she saying that? But in their head, they're so pure and they're so raw that you can use anything as an opportunity to show them not like show them a lesson but like talk use that as an opportunity to talk so instead of going like you don't say that to grown-ups it's like yes I'm different because I really love to do this and that and you can be different and if you like she's into uh, salmon now and she calls it like pink pink fish Mm -hmm. Like if you like pink fish, but your friends don't like pink fish, you don't have to say that you don't like it. Cause I've seen her do that, that she loves something. And then she's with like her best friend or with her cousins. And they say, Oh, they don't like, but she really likes it. And she looks at me and I'm like, you can say what you want. It's okay. It's fine. You know, the peer pressure, it starts young. But as parents, we got to be, we got to be there to give them that voice of like, you know, they say like, don't it. let the, don't let the culture raise your child. Like it's up to us to have those hard conversations before other influences get in there. Mm -hmm. 
So it doesn't come to the point where they're like doing the the wedding dress fitting and they're crying. I want that. I want to make sure that I spot that way before. So Listen, I, do. I, I do want to tell you that is brave. I know you say that mm -hmm. no, but it's fear of what could have been, but that's brave. Yeah, like you, you have to admit that that was a warrior moment for you to be able to stand up and say, nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> um, that, that, it takes a warrior to do that. So I do tip my hat to you for that. I later discovered, thank you for saying that. I later discovered that it's in my genes. Like my aunt, she told my grandparents that she was going to go study economics in London. She was the first of the family to go abroad to study. When she graduated, she's like, surprise, I'm a ballerina. And she now lives in London. No, she la now lives in Portugal. But she was a choreographer for the, for the London Ballet for years. She very, you know, she's in charge of the world's most beautiful dance productions. But she lied for years so she could do and pursue her passion. And my grandma, she also, and this was, I mean, this was brave. When at the time of my grandma, she also was engaged and she annulled the engagement. I don't know the exact reasons, but I think it's in my heart to pursue through love um, and true passion. And I come from a line of women who were very, um, who were unapologetically themselves and did anything to be true to who they were. So I actually thank my aunt and I thank my mother, my dad's mother, for giving me those genes that were required. Because people call them cojones, but they're not cojones. They, they have to be women parts. Um, <laughs> so I thank the woman that came before me for giving me that um, genetic power. You know, I, I'm very curious to see when you pass on these genes <laughs> to baby yeah. O, what you're in store for. <laughs> Fast forward. Yeah. Fast forward a decade or two. I, I'm going, I think it's going to make for a very good story. I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of that. Oh my God, my eyes are going to tear now. Yes, you're right. Yeah. He's going to have a heck of a story to tell. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me again. It was a pleasure. Thank you for opening up and for sharing all of that with us. You are Super mommy, girl boss, all the things. All the things. Let's just leave it at that. You are all the things. Thank you, Mai. All right. So what do you think of this interview with Mai? After three years, it was so awesome to catch up with her. And I want to thank you for listening. Because you know what? We all need a little bedazzling. So thank you for being here and for listening to this interview. And I hope that you will connect with me on Instagram and let me know how you're bedazzling your parenting or your life. Everything. Let me know. I'm Kin the Studio on Instagram. And you can find Mai at Mai Carles also on Instagram. If you go to the show notes, I'll link to everything that we talked about and also where you can find Mai on the interwebs. So thank you again for listening. And if you like this episode, I would love it if you hopped on over to iTunes. Leave us an honest review, hopefully five stars. And let us know what you think. Fill in the review. It really is helpful for me to know what you're interested in, what you're liking, what you're not. And it will help other people who might enjoy the show find it. So I would be super, super grateful if you could do that. And always, always thank you to Mario Callejas, my bud, for the music for the show. 
Check him out on Spotify, Mario Callejas. And thank you again for listening. You're the bomb. This is Marcela signing off.